this couple came to see me about getting married. The young guy had just gotten back from a, a tour in Afghanistan, it was years ago, and his fiance was really excited about getting married. And they were such a cute couple. They had been high school sweethearts, and she had just finished college, and his service in the Marine Corps was now over. Remember, we were sitting there as we got talking. This young veteran got really quiet. We were doing the, going over the results of their premarital inventory. And when we got to the part about where they were thinking about what they were thinking about in terms of having kids, he just stopped talking altogether. And she was so excited that she didn't really notice that he looked like he wanted to escape and just jump out that window. And so I paused things. And I asked if he and I could just talk privately for a few minutes. What happened in those minutes was vital. War harms more than just bodies. War traumatizes people psychologically and spiritually. In those minutes, this young man shared with me his trauma. He had killed children. And every time that his fiance talked about having kids, that trauma, those wounds reopened. This is Memorial Day weekend. It's a holiday not to glamorize war, but to remember the cost. Those who have fought have sacrificed, not just physically. And yet from that sacrifice, there may be lessons. From there, for those wounds, there may even be healing. That is our message of today. He was a man who suffered, who knew sickness well. Like someone from whom people hid their faces, he was despised. And we didn't think about him. It was certainly our sickness that he carried and our sufferings that he bore. But we thought him afflicted, struck down by God and tormented. He was pierced because of our rebellions and crushed because of our crimes. He bore the punishment that made us whole. By his wounds, we are healed. Followers of Jesus honor the truth that healing is possible, that we are not condemned to repeat the mistakes of the past, although we certainly can choose to. The hope is that humanity can choose a different path too that by the wounds that have been suffered, we can heal. Tina Runyon served as an officer in the Air Force and a clinical psychologist. Tina literally wrote the book on recovering from trauma. This past year, she has been drawing on what she has learned from treating combat trauma to helping us all out with the trauma of this pandemic. 
at the height of our isolation this past year, I often thought about how glad I was for technology. Technology that allowed us to connect safely. I, I would think, how would we have dealt with a pandemic like this back, say, in the 1980s? Yet in some ways, technology gives us the illusion that somehow we're uh, above or that we can find a workaround for trauma. Tina says that we have tried to trick ourselves into thinking that we can set aside the threat response that we've all experienced because we have Zoom. The truth is that COVID-19 initiated a threat response in all of us, all of us. Every one of us spent a year with the reality that our very presence with those that we love put them at risk. Our natural human threat response, which is so key for our human survival, that threat response has been on constantly. And it's left us exhausted. And human touch, closeness, the very thing that we are designed to respond to for comfort and for de-escalation, touch became a potential threat. The very thing that makes us human was the cost of keeping the other safe. Every person who has worked in medicine this past year has tried to keep things going at home while working day in and day out with a little-known biohazard. And then somewhere along the way, we experienced this awful social divide that you're either on the side of science or you're interested in killing people. And now we've been told that masks, these things that we've clung to for our safety, are only for people who are unvaccinated. So after a year of living with a public threat response, now we're being asked to trust each other, to be honest about our vaccination status. Tell me that that doesn't mess people up. Yet in some ways, this is nothing new. Since the dawn of human history, people have had to recover from trauma. Those returning from war have had the experience of shared trauma. Now in the upper Midwest, the Lakota tribes had a tradition that when warriors returned from battle, they didn't try to immediately get back to their normal life. There was a process of reintegration that began with the elders of the tribe apologizing to the warriors for the things that they had had to do and the things they had seen. The warriors received honor for putting the needs of the tribe above their own survival. Medical workers, I'm thinking of you. 
And finally, the elders would tell the returning warriors how happy they were for their safe return. Likewise, we know from the ancient story of King David that when David ordered a soldier to go home on leave, his soldier, Uriah, Uriah wouldn't go. Uriah told King David, My master Joab and my master's troops are camping in the open field. How could I go home and eat, drink, and be with my wife? I swear on your very life, I will not do that. There is an ancient practice of not reintegrating immediately back into normal life after experiencing the trauma of war. There's wisdom in this. Wisdom that people like Tina have used to help. Tina says that after a prolonged period of living with our body's threat response being activated, which has been the case for pretty much all of us for over a year, there needs to be a time for our body's systems to rebalance. So that something simple like walking past people who are closer than six feet doesn't initiate a threat response. A sense of compassion for ourselves that when we are not at our best, when we snap at people or say hurtful things, and that we offer the same compassion for others when they do to that to us these days. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There is a, a technique that returning soldiers learned for savoring, slowing down and appreciating the small things that you might otherwise pass by without pausing to notice. Instead, thinking, oh, right, this is how it's supposed to be. With time, forgiveness, mindfulness, and gratitude, our body's threat response, it can rebalance. And this is hard-won wisdom from those wounds that are healed. That God can use even our deepest hurts for healing. So years ago, I, I heard that young man's truth. What he had done in war and what he had seen. He felt that he had lost his soul. And the terror he felt about being a parent when he knew the violence that he was capable. My heart broke for that young man. Yet what I know from my faith in God's amazing power of heal, to heal, that gave me hope. His courage to share his trauma with his fiancée that day, it was amazing. And her compassion and love allowed her to hear his truth in love and decide to delay the wedding, to, to give him the time and the space to work with psychologists like Tina and spiritual helpers like me for his soul to heal. He not only allowed, but he encouraged me to share a bit of his story today.
on this Memorial Day weekend, in a year where all of us have experienced trauma. We are all in need of post-traumatic healing, to various degrees, of course. And I encourage you to own that truth for yourself, to recognize it in the world around you, and most importantly, know, know this at the core of your being, that healing is possible. It's going to take some time. But I have witnessed the power of healing from trauma. I know the miracles that God can do. Will you pray with me? Spirit of Christ, you are a healer. You come to us in our need with a power that is beyond what we can imagine possible. Allow us the humility to allow you to sit with us in our truth, our trauma.